and we're live. Welcome to the Investor's Center. The Investor's Side is your investor's guide to health, wealth, and happiness. Hosted every Sunday by yours truly, Dan Scarabini. Once again, guys, welcome to the Investor's Side, a side that I've created to discuss markets, side hustles, investing, positive habits, and um, eventually building generational wealth. And we can all do it, by the way. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to be from a good background. All you need is hard work, dedication, and time, really. Put your spare time into this, and you'll come a long way, in my opinion. So today, we're going to talk about the investor's mindset. And for me, this is an important thing. This is what got me into the investor's game. I started by reading books. I highly recommend Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, and The Bitcoin Standard. Those three books are really good for beginners, so definitely get involved. So step one for an um, investor's mindset would be knowing the difference between an asset and a liability. An asset is something that puts money into your account. For example, a stock, cryptocurrency, collecting rent from a property, and a liability would be something like, well, it goes down in value. It takes money out of your pocket, your car, clothing, subscriptions, bills, and more controversially, your home. If you own a home, it's a liability. You're paying a mortgage on it, so it's going out of your account every month. And the deposit that you put in, say, for example, you put £20,000 tied into a house, you could have put that into an asset like Bitcoin, and in a year it would have gone up to 60000 and then you'd have a 20,000 deposit for a house plus 40,000 spare. So that's my opinion. Um, some of you would be actually surprised with some of the outgoings in your account. I was paying two phone bills for a year without even realising. And um, if that was invested, it could have made me a lot. I know also a lot of you guys find it hard to cut down your liabilities because you've built this whole life around it. Like you have your routine to go to the gym, you go to the football and so, so. You all have your own thing going on. But... Little things to begin would be, when you go to work, if you're spending your food on lunch, £5 a day, cut it to £3 a day. £2 a day doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't at all, to be fair. And I've, I've recently started this, so £2 a day sounds like nothing. However, you're saving £10 per week and £520 per year just on food. And again, back to the Bitcoin example, if you put £520 into Bitcoin beginning of the year, you'd have £1,560 for some of you, that's a lot of money. For some of you guys, that pays off your debt. For some of you guys, that pays for your holiday. If you're going on a cheap holiday, I mean. So step one would be cutting down your outgoings, liabilities, and try and invest your spare proportion into assets. And that's where I'm here to help you. We'll be going through assets today after we go through the basics. So um, you need to know how much money is coming in your account, how much is coming out. Once you know that, you need to reduce how much is coming out and increase how much is coming in. The rich buy assets the middle class buy a home and think it's an asset and the poor take on liabilities with very little assets. So step one of knowing what an asset and liability is, is know the difference between the both. Know how much is coming in and out of your account and delay gratification, even if that means eating tuna and rice most days at work. Treat yourself on the weekends, but in the week, you need to get into the grind mode, in my opinion. Um, that's what I've been doing for a long time and it's, it's worked pretty well. Around a year ago now, a wise man like told me, imagine your liabilities as a huge above ground swimming pool that's completely empty. So that's when you start. It's like when we all go into work, we all start with zero, right? That's your net worth. 
you pull out your small garden hose and you start filling it up slowly. And that, the garden hose that you're filling it up with, is your income from your job. If you're wise, you'll do a calculation and you'll realise that it will take decades to fill up this pool. Decades. So it's better to find out now that if you continue working your nine to five, it's going to take you a long time to make it and fill up that pool. So instead of ignorantly daydreaming, do something about it. And the way to do something about it is after your nine to five, you should all be working on a seven to ten, a side hustle. Something that you like. Look at me, I'm doing a podcast. I mean, it could be something so ambitious, anything. We're in the biggest money-making time ever. There's so many opportunities. We have the internet. We have a simultaneous platform to give out to the whole world. So use that to your advantage, guys, whether it's trading, whether it's e-commerce. But um, back to the analogy. So there's some minor leaks in the pool. They're your expenses. If they get out of hand, you'll never be able to fill up the pool. Because as you fill up the pool... The leaks are so big in the pool that the water's going out. So your job is to minimise that rip in the pool. That's your expenses and maximise the hose, which is your, well, your earnings. Your earnings from assets, your earnings from your nine to five, your earnings from a side hustle. So um, even with constant attention, the pool will never stop leaking. We're always going to have expenses, but minimalising it is the best way forward. And um, yeah, just like the pool analogy, if you're filling it up with more water than someone else and you have less of a crease in there, you'll, you'll fill it up quicker, won't you? That's your way to financial freedom. I know we all want to drive Mercs, we all want LV bags, we all want Balenciagas, like we all want nice clothes, but as much as they bang and you look unreal and your Insta gets loads of likes, it all goes down in value. So what I've been doing is like, when I hit a net worth milestone or hit a target that I've set of myself, then I buy something like that. It kind of makes me appreciate it more and it's doing me more of a favour long term. So yeah, that's, that's my opinion. And in terms of your bank accounts, you should have two bank accounts. You should have a checking account, which is like your account to live by, what you buy food with, what you pay your bills with. And then you should have a savings account. And this is an emergency cash stash. This cash stash should not be touched unless you're in an emergency or unless you find a huge, huge investment opportunity. For example, a market crash. This might sound a bit over the top, guys, but the banks want us to be poor. There's a reason why 1% of the world's population are rich. There's a reason why when you go into a bank, ask for a loan for a car, they'll let you take that. A loan for a wedding, they'll let you take that. When you ask for a loan for an investment to increase your net worth, they ask you all sorts of questions. You will come with statements, proof, and it's a very long process. They only lend to certain people. So we're in a system where the division between the rich and the poor is only getting greater. And I want you guys to be on the side of the rich instead of missing out as the poor. They're slowly phasing out the middle class through inflation. So inflation is basically step two. You need to understand why we invest our money. And it's all willing to go, oh, yeah, to make more money to get rich. But to be fair, guys, like it is to protect your wealth as well. And right now it's never become more important to protect wealth. So like since 1913, your currency, the dollar the main currency of the world, has lost 97% of its value. And for you guys, if you left your money in the bank last year, well, January this year, you've lost 6% of your value due to inflation, due to these stimulus checks. The more money they print, the less valuable your money becomes. And inflation is when they print more money, it's an expansion of the currency supply, and it results in asset prices going up, food prices going up, everything around you going up. Look at fuel, it's gone up. Everything goes up. 
apart from the value of your dollar, pound, whatever currency you have, that goes down. So your purchasing power goes down. And that's why we live in quite a high debt society, guys. That's why years ago, my granddad can come from Italy, buy a house in three months from working, basically in cash. And now you've got to work 30 odd years to pay off your mortgage. It's really mad. It's really mad, to be fair. But if, then again, inflation benefits those who are financially educated. So there's a way out. So in a nutshell, by buying and holding valuable assets over a long period of time, you'll be outperforming inflation. And that's your aim as an investor. You want to outperform inflation to build your wealth and to not get left behind. We're in an inflationary environment, guys. The coronavirus obviously resulted in all of us getting furloughed and they had to print all of that money. It didn't come out of nowhere. So if you put your money into Bitcoin at the beginning of the year, you're 150% up on investment. If you put your money into the NASDAQ, which is a stock ETF, I'll explain it later, you'd be up 32% in investment. And if you left all of your money in the bank, you're down 6%. I know where I'd rather be. I'm not saying put all your money in Bitcoin, guys, but what I'm saying is once you build a diverse portfolio, you'll be outperforming inflation comfortably and you'll never look back. And this is the investor side. This is what we're looking to do for you guys. We're looking to change your lives. When I said that the rich and the poor division has never been greater, I read something the other day. In 1978, the average between a CEO and an average worker in terms of earnings was 1,322% less than it is now. So right now, CEOs earn 351 the times the amount the average worker. If that doesn't tell you that the average worker's fallen behind, I don't know what else that tells you. This is where we're at, guys. Protect your wealth, protect your wealth. But um, yeah, another reason, well, another way that I learned the true value of money and how to invest into assets was learning about the history of money. And I'm just going to briefly go through it, you guys, because I feel like it could help you a lot out the way it helped me out. So in the year 1873, gold was back in all of the notes of the currency that we call today. So these paper notes were simply receipts for gold and banks stored the gold. So you can go into any bank, any time, redeem your dollar, pound, euro, yen for gold. And people had faith in gold. So notes were seen as good as gold. And that's where the term as good as gold comes from. And then in 1913, as mentioned earlier, the Federal Reserve Bank was formed and World War I began. To fund the war, the government printed more notes than gold in circulation. So this perception of good as gold was fake, but people just couldn't see it yet. And during the war, obviously, people were told they weren't allowed to redeem their gold or silver in the banks due to the excessive printing, and their lie would have been exposed. So after the two wars, the gold was still on a gold standard where currencies were partially backed by gold. So it wasn't fully backed by gold, but partially. Gold was still the reserve currency of the world. And by the end of World War II, America owned two-thirds of the world's monetary gold because America didn't really get involved in the wars to begin with. They just sat back, and while Europe, their production turned from toaster makers to tank makers, they didn't have enough production. That's why people had rations back then. So America capitalised on this, and they were trading their dollars and receiving gold in return. So they earned two-thirds of the golds. Europe traded most of it away. So in 1944, Europe were a mess. The war was almost over. They've spent loads of money, lost a lot of their gold. So they met up at Bretton Woods in New Hampshire to come up with a new world monetary system. And this is known as the Bretton Woods system. And most countries agreed to be backed by the US dollar. 
So the US dollar would have been pegged to all the other currencies and the US dollar was supposed to be backed by gold in this scenario. What the US did was sold a lie that the dollar was now good as gold and they continued to print to obviously fund reparations, pay off debt to, um, for new infrastructure, growth. And um, we're now in the 1960s after this and European countries asked for their gold back in return for dollars. Between 1959 and 1971, the US lost 50% of their gold. They lost half of their gold and there were 12 times the amount of dollars to gold at the time. And if people found this out, <clears throat> excuse me, if people found this out, the financial system would have collapsed. So due to a loss of gold reserves and beyond the verge of being exposed, President Nixon took the US dollar off of the gold standard, standard my bad, on the 5th of August 1971. If any more countries took their gold back, in essence, the financial system would have collapsed. So that protected the US government. And it's only meant to be temporary, to be fair. He said it would be temporary. And since then, we've never gone back to a gold standard. So a currency not backed by a precious metal or by anything is known as a fiat currency. So if you ever hear that, it means it's a fiat currency. It's a note currency like we were on now, a fiat system, where it's just backed by word of mouth, backed by the government. And fiat systems have a 100% failure rate in the, in the history. When you study the Roman Empire, the history of money, fiat money has a 0% survival rate. So um, it's due to the excessive printing. Over years, it gets printed so much into oblivion, which is known as hyperinflation, where your money becomes worthless. And um, we're seeing that in Venezuela and Argentina at the moment. It's quite mad. This is why for a long time... I, um, I advise a lot of people to invest their spare currency into scarce assets. So assets with a fixed supply, such as gold Britannia coins, silver Britannia coins and Bitcoin. The difference in currency and money is that money is a store of value. It keeps value over time due to its scarcity. So um, when you hear the word money about your fiat currency, it's technically incorrect. I know we call it money. It's how I've been brought up as well. So if someone goes, how much money do you have? I'll always answer in that way. But I'm trying to get out of the habit of it because money is a true store of value. And this paper, fiat money, has a long track record history of not preserving its value, guys. So, um, yeah. But step three of having an investor's mindset, in my opinion, is to get financially educated. And this is the most important thing. It really sounds cliche. It's more important than investing reading books, which I recommended earlier, watching YouTube videos whilst making notes, it, it is game-changing. They are your mentors. Like We have exposure now to experts, and you can listen to what they have to say. You can go on YouTube, you can make notes, you can read books, you can purchase a course online, which I also recommend. If you have a side hustle that you've wanted to do for a long time, honestly, guys, just pay the money for your course. Most of you will pay £400 for shoes, and I've been there. I'd pay £400 for a pair of shoes, when I earn not a lot of money and I'd never even spend 20 quid on a book. It's, it's crazy. It's craziness. Why would you not want to spend something in something that betters yourself? You always don't know enough. You can always learn. Even the most successful people, they read every day, even when they're billionaires. It, it, it really gives you a thirst for knowledge. And when you do it, it sounds all boring at first, but you actually really get into it. It, it becomes a passion project. Your side hustle needs to be your passion project. Your 7pm to 2300 every night needs to be happy. You need to be working on something that, you, that you're strongly desired about, something that you really care about. Because 
What's the point of going to work nine to five, going home, working on something you don't like? Your life's a misery and you become a robot. So if you've got a passion in life, try and find an avenue where you can work on it outside of work and it becomes your passion project. I'm not saying don't go out with your mates, have a wicked time, but it depends how seriously you want to make it. If you just want to outperform inflation, then just buy assets. If you want to live a financially free life, have time on your hands, and time is the most valuable asset of all, in my opinion, then this is what you've got to do. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to come from a great background. All you need is consistency, hard work, and dedica- dedication. And that is through getting educated. So definitely do that, guys. There's so many opportunities right now. So many. You can start an e-commerce business for an Amazon FBA. You can start Forex trading, which I've started doing, and I, I find it quite good, to be honest. I really enjoy it. So there's so many things you can do. And um, to enrich your investor's mindset, you need an investing strategy. Investing is basically 50% knowledge and 50% patience. So if, you just, if you're patient over time, your investments will go up in value. And my personal investment strategy to beginners would be to dollar cost average into each investment that you make. You might think, some of you, what is dollar cost averaging? It's putting a percentage of your initial capital, your initial amount of money, into an investment. For example, let's say you want to buy one Ethereum. Right now, it's around $4,000, we'll say. Let's say you've got $4,000. Instead of putting $4,000 in straight away and buying one Ethereum, what you're going to do is you're going to put $1,000 in per week or per month maybe 500 per week or 1,000 per month. You you stick to your rules of dollar cost averaging. And what that does is it means that you catch the highs and the lows of the market. So if you've bought an Ethereum for 4,000 and then it goes down to 2,000 and you've put all your money in it, you think, oh my God, I've just lost half my money. But if you're dollar cost averaging in, you would have caught it at 2,000 as well on its way down. So it works out better. It's more risk-free and it's a more emotionless way to approach the market during a market crash a lot of people flee when really when assets crash it's when to buy you shouldn't be seeing it like on the news market crash you should be seeing it as assets on sale if you've done your research on these assets and believe in them so dollar cost averaging is definitely the best way to get in and out if you've made enough profit and hit a target on an investment take a percent out stick to your rules write down rules once you've done your research if this asset hits this, I'm going to take 10% out. And then if it hits this, I'm going to take another 10% out. Do it like this, guys, and you'll have a much risk-free, less emotional approach. It doesn't feel like gambling when you're doing things smart. You're managing your risk to reward. So yeah, I recommend that defo. Like, that would be, that'd be great for you guys, especially you beginners. One thing that really annoys me is that people always predict the crash. You'll go on YouTube and it'll say stock market crash because the stock market right now, for you who, who don't know, it's on its longest uptrend ever in terms of how many years it's been going up for. It's been basically going up since 2009 with just one major dip in between. And people were going market crash, market crash. But 10 years ago, if they said market crash when it was going up for 10 years, they would have missed out on 10 years gains. So remember this, guys, more money is lost in anticipating the crash than the crash itself. That's why we dollar cost average in and out. That's why we do that. We dollar cost average in. If you catch the high and it goes down, it's fine because you've dollar cost averaged in. You've caught the lows. You're up. So dollar cost average in. And when the market crashes and the people who have been waiting for the crash don't don't go in because they're scared, do it. Just dollar cost average in. Stick to the rules. But um, well, this year, guys, as well, like when, when Bitcoin went down 50% in May, 
everyone was messaging me like, oh, I thought Bitcoin was meant to go up. What are you doing? What's going on? It's back to where it was now. We're back with the price of Bitcoin where it was six months ago. Assets go down and I was buying the dip while people were having a go at me saying, why did I buy Bitcoin? You need to just stay patient, emotionless and ruthless. It's a long-term game investing. Like I said, 50% knowledge, 50% patience. Patience is key. You need patience. So like where we're at so far is invest a percentage of your net worth into assets that you're comfortable investing in. Always do research on these assets. Don't just hear my word for it and invest. Dollar cost average into your chosen assets. Buy them on sale if you can. And read books to become financially educated. And back to the beginning, reduce all your liabilities. Like reduce them. Everything you reduce goes into these assets. And um, my actual opinion in regards to assets that I've mentioned so far, Bitcoin, gold and silver won't give you 100x on your money anytime soon. They're just trustworthy stores of value. So money that you'd normally save in the bank, I'd say keep in Bitcoin, gold and silver. And then money that you have spare to trade with and make bigger gains on, I'd advise putting into other things like stocks, trust funds, cryptocurrencies, which I know a lot of people are talking about nowadays. NFTs are in early adoption phases. So I'd say put a small percent of your value in NFTs. But do your research. You might you might be really into that. So do your research and yeah, go for it. If you want to be safer with stocks, I'd say buy ETFs. ETFs are exchange trade funds. It's a group of stocks in a fund. For example, the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ is a fund that you can buy a share of and it has all of the high-tech companies. For example, Tesla, etc. It has all of the big companies in there. So what you're doing is you're diversifying your portfolio. There's less downside and less upside. However, something like the NASDAQ has a good history and the S&P 500 of outperforming inflation. So if you dollar cost average into them, that's a safe, safe way to get broader diversification into the market. If you have a high outgoings, as mentioned earlier, I'd recommend ETFs definitely. In the crypto space, for me, Ethereum's one of the safest bets. It's highly volatile. Do expect large downside, massive drops, 80% drops when it's down. But if you're dollar cost averaging, guys, you don't care. Because I'd personally take 80% downside in the next four years for 400% upside. I really would. And that's, that's being conservative. It really is. Like It's got a large track record of outperforming gold, silver, Bitcoin, stocks, real estate. Research Ethereum. Research what it's going to do for us in the future. And to be fair, in next week's podcast, I'm going into the cryptocurrency revolution and we're going to talk about everything. But do your own research in the meantime. And if you feel comfortable buying Ethereum, dollar cost averaging, thank me later. You don't need to own a whole Ethereum. You really don't. You can just put 20 quid in. Honestly, for, for those of you who have really high outgoing, just put in what you can. Just add, build your position. That's what we've been talking about. It defeats the whole purpose of this video. If you watch it, don't do any research and then think, oh, I've only got £50. Doesn't matter, guys. If you've got £50 that you normally spend on something that goes down in value and you don't need it, buy an asset. Dollar cost average. Another thing to know about investing is with stocks and cryptocurrencies in particular, the lower the market cap, which is the total value of the company, the higher the risk. But also the higher the reward in some cases. So, for example, people who bought a Dogecoin beginning of the year, you all probably heard of it, with a low, low market cap, they've had ridiculous gains. But then again, 
there's so many Dogecoins that have failed. So you don't ever want to put more than 1% of your total portfolio into these things. I personally stay well clear. I'll buy some lower cap cryptocurrencies, for example, and it's literally like gambling money. I see that as lottery picks. And for you guys thinking, oh, shall I buy Shiba now? Shall I buy Dogecoin? Don't just buy it because other people are. Do your research. When you realise that some of these things have zero value to the world, then you realise, hang on, why am I buying this? In 2001, the dot-com bust, everyone were buying dot-com stocks. This was before everyone knew what the internet would become in our lives. And this is kind of where crypto is now. We don't know what it's going to be, but people are saying it's the web 3.0. It's going to have that impact. It's the fastest growing technology in all recorded human history. And 2001 dot-com bubble, people were trading these stocks and they were going crazy, making 100x gains. People were becoming millionaires overnight. Loads of people were buying stocks like pets.com without even realising what its purpose was. And in the 2001.com bust, it crashed to zero, never went back up. So people lost millions. So this is what I'm saying, guys. Just do your research first. Do your research first. Don't just buy these things because they sound cool. Here at the investor side, we'll also recommend you to have a legacy portfolio and a trading portfolio. So you want two investment portfolios. Your legacy portfolio is your assets that you've bought, for example, Bitcoin, gold, silver, Ethereum, that you've chose to hold long-term. You can even throw the NASDAQ in there, just as an example. This isn't gospel. So you, the ones that you want to hold long-term, you intend to pass these on to your children. These are your assets that are beating inflation. No matter how high the price is or how low, you don't take the money out. You don't. And this is your long-term wealth accumulation in assets. Then you have a trading portfolio. Your trading portfolio is where you buy and sell your assets when they hit targets. And as mentioned earlier, if it hits a target, you dollar cost average a percentage out. You write these rules down of an asset after you've done your research. For example, when this doubles, I'm taking 10% out. When it triples, I'm taking another 10% out. And you get your way out, you scale out. And um, yeah, you do that. You can, And with your trading portfolio, you can take on a bit more risk because you're trading highs and lows and you've got targets. So with your legacy portfolio, what's the point of holding something that's risky for 30 years when you know it's going to come back and bite you on the backside? It's pointless. So your trading portfolio grows your wealth. Your legacy portfolio preserves your net worth. Remember that, guys. And the most important thing is to diversify your portfolio. So don't have all of your money in one asset class. For example, the cryptocurrency market sometimes goes down 90%. It's known to go down 90% in a bear market. The bull market in any asset class is when things go up and they're in an uptrend. The bear market is when it's in a downtrend and prices are going down. And in the cryptocurrency market above all, the bull markets go up more than every other asset class and the bear markets go down. So if you've got all your money in cryptocurrency, for example, and it goes down 90%, you've lost 90% of your net worth. When you're making money on crypto, you should be putting your money into other stuff. I personally do mining stocks, gold and silver mining stocks. I put my money into ETFs. I do research on individual stocks. I um, Yeah, that's, that's what I do. And it, they sound more boring because I am a cryptocurrency fanatic. I, I really love putting my money into crypto. For me, that's like my guilty pleasure. But you've got to have discipline as an investor. Having silver sitting around isn't fun, but it diversifies your portfolio and reduces downside. So based on your risk appetite, I'd say diversify your portfolio to a certain extent.
So as an investor that's looking to become financially free, your aim is to right now read books, do research on YouTube, find out what you want to do for a side hustle at wild dollar cost averaging into assets. This is how you begin. With your profits, you diversify your portfolio into other assets instead of taking it out and buying something flash. This is known as compounding. You take your money out of another asset, you put it into another to ride that wave also. That's compounding. So you do that, and eventually, when you've built enough capital, you buy your first house, not, not as 100% of your net worth, but what you find a reasonable percentage, you buy a house and you rent it out and you live off of passive income. This is just my opinion, by the way, guys. It's not strictly financial advice. I'm just saying it of conviction because I'm passionate about it. The aim of the game for me is to rent out properties whilst having portfolio assets, hedging inflation, and these properties are going to provide me with passive income. And passive income is income that comes in while you're sleeping. You don't have to lift a finger for it. The money works for you. And when money works for you, whew, your life changes forever. This is the aim. There are three types of investors. They're split into three kinds. You have a conservative investor, a mid-risk investor, and a high-risk investor. And only you know what category you fall into. I can't tell you that. The conservative investor normally has high outgoings, so needs to be able to protect their responsibilities through having higher exposure into cash. Typically, 30 to 50%. You will know what's right for you. That will be in your bank account in cash. And your portfolio should have smaller exposure to cryptocurrency. However, although it's volatile, you should still have at least a 5% allocation to cryptocurrency. And the reason for that is crypto is known to 5x during bull markets. So your risk to reward, essentially, you're losing 5% of your portfolio if it all goes pear-shaped, but you have the potential of five times your money upside of hitting 25% of your net worth in cryptocurrency just from gains. So the risk to reward there would be one to five, which I think is more than fair. I think that's a good risk. Um, you should be in gold. You should have gold Britannia coins if you can afford them. You should be in silver Britannia coins, which are a lot more affordable. And you should have high cap stocks. These are your main blue chip companies that have a history of surviving, outperforming inflation. They're the safer bets. And you also want to be into ETFs, which we mentioned earlier. A diversified portfolio in your stocks definitely would help. ETFs such as the S&P 500, the NASDAQ. If you're in your mining stocks like myself, the GDXJ, I quite like that. Do your own research. And yeah, the longer track record of the, st of the asset, the better for the conservative investor. And long term, you want to be like all of these investors, you want to be getting into property. You do. You want to be earning passive income. The mid-risk, he or she has more risk exposure than the conservative, but less risk exposure than the high, the high risk appetite. So the mid-risk would normally have around 25, 25% in cash, maybe 35. Just depends, really. And you'll have more exposure to cryptocurrencies. Instead of just being in Bitcoin and Ethereum, like the conservative investor, you can now get into the high cap altcoins, such as Solana, Litecoin, Chainlink, Cardano. The list goes on. So you'll be in these. This would be around roughly around 10% of your portfolio in the world we're living in now. That's what I'd say. That's just my personal advice. 
You'd also be into individual stocks, high cap and mid cap. You'd create a mining stock portfolio, which I recommend. You'd be into ETFs. You'd have silver. You'd have less gold than a conservative investor if you can afford it, but you still have gold. Remember gold, guys, as an insurance on your money. It's not going to build your wealth and make you a millionaire. It's simply insurance on inflation. It's your insurance. If you make big profits in the future and you hit a big net worth, it's always recommended to put a slight percent of your money into gold, just as that bank savings, if that makes sense. And then the high-risk portfolio would have around 15 to 20% cash. A high-risk investor normally has very little outgoings. So your job as a high-risk investor would be to definitely get involved in the crypto space. You still have Bitcoin, you still have Ethereum, you'll invest in altcoins, but you need to research these because some of them are highly speculative. And speculative means they may have no purpose and value and crash to zero one day. So you're doing your research over time and what you feel comfortable investing in, you invest in. Your job is to predict the future. You get stocks in growing sectors, you'll do your research on them. Low, mid market caps, you get invested in them. But you still need some form of safety in your investment portfolio. Investing isn't gambling. Investing is making a strategic move and assessing your risk to reward. So you'll be still in ETFs, such as the NASDAQ, GDXJ, etc. You'll still be in gold, but very, very lightly in gold. You'd be in silver, definitely. You'd have silver Britannia coins, which I do recommend as an investment. It's got a very long, thousands of years of track record history. And yeah, you'll be investing in trust funds as well, getting involved in property. I'm going to go into more depth in future videos about this in terms of percentage allocation, because it all depends on you. And we're going to look at more assets in more depth over time. But this is like the first podcast where I just want to lay the foundations. So you just need to understand from this, if it's all a bit over your head, you're either a a high risk investor, a mid risk or a conservative. And your lifestyle and your outgoings depend on that. So yeah, just just like take it one step at a time. If some of this is coming in too much, just read the books that like I said, do some research and learn at your own pace. But all three investors are going to follow the same rules. You have a legacy portfolio, as we mentioned earlier, and a trading portfolio. You dollar cost average in and out of positions and you research heavily before making an investment. That is it. You begin with cutting liabilities and it all makes sense from there. You're all going to make it. You're all going to do well. You just need to follow these rules and do some more research. But yeah, so in my opinion at the moment, we're in an inflationary environment. So I'd say avoid bonds. Don't buy bonds. Bonds pay you a percentage for holding them each year and over time. But the rate of inflation at the moment is higher than the rate of bonds. So you're not you're not beating inflation. Bonds normally succeed in a deflationary environment, which I'll go through another time. So yeah, I've kind of gone through what you'd be doing to begin with. If you have any questions, feel free to message me. My Instagram is at the investor side. And um, in the future, we plan to get people on for podcasts. We plan to share their views, share asset watch lists every week. So we can all do this together. We're all going to make it together. And yeah, we're only here once and by creating wealth, we'll be able to live more fulfilling lives. So um, if you have any questions, DM me and let's have fun building our wealth together. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Peace out.